Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to the AEW Rampage Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Culture, to review everything that happened on Friday night's episode of Rampage. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts where we not only review AEW Rampage, but also AEW Dynamite, Raw Smackdown, the show formerly known as NXT 2. But Oh, pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Sidgwick today to look ahead to. Hey, I just met you. This is crazy. No, you don't get it this week. This was rubbish. I was, I was, I want to say livid. I was cross watching this. It started, you started the year so well, Tony. Well, that's the thing. We should retain our perspective. AEW is generally on fire. Um, It's been really good, mostly. But this was a, I don't want to say disastrous, because that's total hyperbole. But this episode of Rampage, in addition to being pretty shoddy in and of itself, did bring into focus to me that as great as some of these dynamites have been, is he really maximizing this roster mm. are the stories really great is he tony khan being an effective promoter by promoting his best talents in the roles in which they should be featured is he indulging wrestlers who my god are cycling out of relevance very very quickly and yeah i was just annoyed watching this there was loads of stuff where i uh was just shaking my head at mm. but again let's uh Maintain our perspective. Hopefully this was an aberration and it didn't really get good reviews. And a lot of people are complaining about one act in particular, which we'll get to um, sooner rather than later. (laughs) So hopefully they'll respond. Um, I'll just also like to make a shout out. Um, I do not want to butcher this fellow's surname, but Marcel, um, I'm an ardent fan of What Culture Wrestling, um, wherever you get your podcasts from. Great... um, guy to interact with on Twitter as well. Just a really good supporter of what we do, and we thank mm. everyone who does that. Um, but he recently lost his mother. Yeah. And um, I just want to say that everyone on the podcast team here is thinking about you, 
hoping that you can manage as best as you can. We really appreciate um, your listeners, your listens, uh, your support, your engagement, your interaction, and kind of broke my heart. Yeah, that awful news. That. So I really hope, um, Marcel, that you are pulling through as best as you can, and um, our condolences are very much yours. Yeah, exactly. Uh, happy to be distraction. It's just just awful time. I can only imagine what you're going through, mate. So yeah, we're all thinking of you here at What Culture. Um, but let's talk about Rampage, Sige, because like you say, it, it, this is not the same as a bad dynamite, for example. That would be a lot more concerning, I think, to you and I. Um, well, my heart is on it this week. <laughs> yeah, I was going to So I am concerned. I think the, the, it was the double whammy of this. Of like, There's still good stuff in there, but we'll get to Brian Cage and, and Willie Mack in a little while. Um, it was the thing, it was that thing of uh, occasionally, if you fantasy book, for example, something in your mind, or someone suggests something, you go, that's genius, and then it doesn't happen, and you get angry, despite the fact that that's never been promised, unlike Mercedes Monet. Um, oh, the fact that we could have had an Adam Cole match in my head on this show, and what we got instead was, let's get into it, because um, this there was a thing on this show, right, where sometimes I'm watching... Rampage in particular, because it's just you and I doing this. And I'll something will happen. I'll go, oh, that's a bit rubbish. But for the most part, this show's pretty good. So I'll just let it slide. It got to a point on this show where the sadist in me was like, do another thing that I know is going to wind Sid Yeah, Because yeah. it felt like watching this show from not necessarily minute one, but maybe minute two, was designed to boil your piss in particular. Because the show started with Ethan Page versus Jungle Boy which we previewed and said, you know, it'll be a good fun match and obviously developments of uh, what they call The Firm and yep. uh, Jungle Hook. Good sign that you can remember the name. Well, they, I can remember the name when it relates to Ethan Page or Lee Moriarty or in particular, Big Bill and Stokely, for example. Although, anyway, uh, so uh, out comes uh, Jungle Boy and Chris Jericho's bitching and moaning about people singing along to his... Entrance theme, that's very good stuff. Yeah, very good, Chris. <laughs> and he's on the turnbuckle, and Paige tries to grab him and immediately hit the ego's edge, but um, Jungle Boy, Jack Perry, I should say, fights out of it. Um, and there's a bit where Ethan Page is on the outside, and uh, it's either he's having a chat with Isaiah Cassidy or Isaiah Cassidy's trying to G him up or whatever, and you can see Jungle Boy's hitting the ropes, and he's going to do a big dive to the outside. Ethan Page can see this too because he pulls Isaiah Cassidy in the way, and I thought, that's some good stuff, that. A hot start of this match. Yeah, you're a git, Ethan Page, basically. Um, so that allows uh, Ethan to recover. He grabs Jungle Boy, chucks him back in the ring, and then gets into it with Matt Hardy. And the moment this happened, I went, well, looks like Suge is going to be pissed off because they start arguing. That allows Jungle Boy to take back over. This time, he does manage to hit Paige with a tope. Um, and then Jungle Boy gets into it with Matt Hardy. And there's a theme coming here on the outside. Gets in, goes to hit the rope, Stokely trips him, but brilliantly goes, wasn't me, it was Matt Hardy. And that allows the page to take over, and he chucks uh, Jack Perry all around ringside into the barricades and what have you. Um, sends him into the ring post head first. That was a good bump. I'll give you that. It looked like he caved his head in by doing that. Um, and that takes us to a break. When we come back, Page still in control, press slamming Perry. 
Uh, oh, no, that was before the break. And then when we come back, Jungle Boy makes a bit of a comeback. Big Lariat off the ropes. Uh, Page counters, though. He's targeting the back that he's injured via, chucking him into all the steel at ringside. Backdrop. Um, grabs him off the turnbuckle, which he tried a couple of times with that cross-armed iconoclasm. Uh, and then gets him up for a vertical power slam, which looked great. I thought great work between the two of them there for a two count. <laughs> Sorry. Ethan Page kept going for the twist of fate here. See if you can see where this is going, Sige. Um, he eventually does manage to hit it after a distraction from Stokely, but Jack Perry's right next to the rope, so he puts his foot on there, rolls out to the floor, and Ethan Page tries to get... Hang on, let me just check my notes here. Matt Hardy to attack uh, Jungle Boy on the floor, but he's hesitant. Hooks music hits. Everyone's distracted. Um... Jack Perry goes for a sunset flip, but Paige just sort of sits down on it and grabs Matt Hardy's ponytail for leverage, and then Matt Hardy knocks his hand away. That means that Paige falls backwards. Perry rolls him up uh, with the sunset flip that he was attempting earlier. One, two, three. Jungle Boy wins and does the babyface hightailing out of there up the ring, up the ramp to, awesome. to get uh, his uh, sometime partner, Hook. Uh, Stokely saves his somewhat highest level of positivity. Good, good shtick from him as always. And Ethan Page says, "Hey, Matt Hardy, I'm not sure if you've really got my back, but you're going to make it up to me because next week on Dynamite we're going to have a tag match: me and you versus Jungle Hook. Uh, until then, uh, Stokely puts Hardy and Isaiah Cassidy in timeout. Pathetic. <laughs> Sorry." It's a good start of the match. Yeah. The idea that Ethan Page has realized, right, okay, this Jack Perry lad is really, really good. I have to end him immediately. And then Jack Perry used his smarts. And then there's a nice slapstick um, element when Ethan Page got, um, who was it that he made, Isaiah. made him eat the dive? Um, so that was good. Tell you, outside of the Matt Hardy stuff, which I'll get into, was this somehow? Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Outside of there. Yeah. Outside of that, I was um, looking at the time, and I was trying to remember like how long has this been going through commercial break? Mm. Because it was just a pretty nothing happening match with a meandering heat sequence that no one really cared about. And I was thinking, if they, are they just working slowly through a break? And the fact that I was asking that question quite a lot says a lot about mm. just the relative lack of decent action in this match, which, again, was all focused on Matt Hardy. This was Tony Khan attempting to do deft, dovetailing storytelling and using one segment to serve as various storylines, but to pitiful effect because I don't care about Matt Hardy. I just find it impossible to care about Matt Hardy. And um, I, I'm going to step on the dick of our Dynamite preview here. Go on. Okay. But... The second that Matt Hardy starts <laughs> gnashing his teeth and suggesting that he might be broken again, I'm going to be furious. <laughs> I'm going to be furious. I've got a bit of a conspiracy theory. He signed with AEW in 2020. Yeah. I, he might have had a five-year deal. If it's a three, then this... Because uh, apparently uh, Hardy and Page, because a lot of this storyline has been advanced on Elevation and it hasn't been on TV that much. I wonder why. And apparently they've been given carte blanche to tell it. So if Matt Hardy is trying to tell a story when he's going to become broken again, right, 
to try and get a bit of people talking about him. And, oh, my God, I can't wait for Broken Matt to come back. Wasn't that great? Well, I never worked in AEW in the first place. Even Tony Khan has confessed this. Mm-hmm. Then I'll hate it. Quite frankly, yeah. if he's trying to corny his way into an extension, uh, look, I just don't care about Matt Hardy on screen. And my esteemed colleague, um, Hamlet, who took on SmackDown duties, I wish I was talking about that show instead of this one, um, put this to me in a way I hadn't thought of. And he, with great insight, because he's a great anal- analyst, and it made me hate this storyline even more. Oh, wow. It's the Wish version of the Bloodline saga. Yeah. Look, like, said look, that on the SmackDown review, yeah. It's not the most original thing in the world, but babyface hiding in plain sight as a heel in a faction and kind of trying to get people to cheer him and break off from the heel faction. It's not the most original thing in the world, but God damn it, WWE's doing one of the best possible versions of it on their TV show right now. So for Matt Hardy to be the guy trying to... yeah. Turn babyface or be the babyface and just wishing the f- just the f- those fans wish that you could just break free from the bloody firm and be Matt Hardy again. Couldn't care less. No. I absolutely could not care less. The fact that he's having a match on Dynamite fills me with dread. The idea that can coexist, I doubt it. And I think that he's going to start. It's when he gnashes his teeth and decides to do broken characteristics. It's like, come off it, man. Yeah. Don't do this. Tony Khan won't allow the broken Matt Hardy character to be on television. He regrets it immensely. We might see a less universe-breaking, teleporting, like, drone stuff. We might just get the catchphrases. Even then, I can't be asked. Not for me. If anything, I would prefer Matt Hardy to do that stuff, which was genuinely some of it was amusing back in 2016. doesn't work in this universe. A, and the best thing about that act was because it was so preposterous, because it broke the universe. And what's that, a break in impact? You yes, know? that's what I was You know saying. what I mean? It wasn't like a sacred thing where if AEW started flirting with supernatural stuff and extra-dimensional stuff and things that couldn't happen in our world, that would harm and undermine something very, very, very good, mostly great. An impact, it didn't really, it didn't care. That's only impact. There's a cares. reason why it suddenly became the, like everything. Yeah, like, the whole show was based around yeah. it. So I'm not looking forward to that. I, I'll say one thing about this, which just made me annoyed about something else, is that the ambiguity of the finish actually worked to a level that both Paige and Hardy can watch the tape back and not come to a definitive conclusion as to what happened here. Was it like a reflexive reaction of "Oh, don't touch my hair"? Oh, oh I've done it. You know? Yeah. Both people could argue the toss. If they watch it back. If they watch it back, which they should watch back. Yes. More on this later. More on this in a second. Yeah, I don't think it helped either, yeah, that I had watched SmackDown first ahead of watching Rampage this week. And Roman Reigns was his gaslighting worst slash best on that show. And the moment, yeah, uh, the Hamlet called that, I was like, oh, yeah. Yes, it's doubly bad here. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. Tony Schiavone's in the ring, and he there's Ortiz. Um, and he's asked about his relationship with Eddie Kingston. And he says, look, he's crossed that line. You know, you don't go that far. You don't hit a woman as he was going to with a chair last week. In my brain. Was he? Yep. Or was he just... Anyway, um, he's lost all respect for Eddie. Um, he's been getting owned mentally, has Eddie, by the House of Black. And he says, you know, no offense, Tony. I quite liked the way Ortiz presented himself here. I thought 
what he's but I liked get, Ortiz Both getting guys did their time. best with terrible material exactly yeah so he calls Eddie Kingston down to the ring let's talk face to face out comes Kingston he is not in a good mood he comes down he's to the probably ring probably read the creative with a steel chair and Tony's he did to do a method act Tony comes out uh, Tony gets out of dodge uh, again Ortiz reiterates what he's been saying about you know we don't do that um, you don't hit a woman with a chair well, good because he wasn't mm-hmm uh, and he says, oh, you know, they try and sort of say, oh, I know, I've tried to talk to you about this backstage, but it's had to come out here, etc. Is that how your mother raised you? Uh, and he says, what would our mentor homicide say? That is bad television. <laughs> He'd say, Cedric, that he's a fake tough guy. That's enough. Eddie Kingston snaps, hits Ortiz with a chair, lays him out and storms off. I could only think of you throughout this. I thought this was absolute drivel. Look, Eddie Kingston almost tried to salvage this in that you could, because people love Eddie Kingston, they are generous towards him. And I saw certain sentiments online um, suggesting that, look, Eddie Kingston's played this as well as he could have, as he would. He's Eddie Kingston in that he's almost... You can infer that he's annoyed that Ortiz would dare suggest that he was going to hit a woman because, as evidenced by the tape that you can watch because it's real on YouTube, on Fight, on TNT, on a torrent, on Twitter, it just was a bloody misunderstanding, easily clarified by watching the TV. And maybe Eddie Kingston didn't want to deign to respond that accusation because it was so beneath him, much like this creative, incidentally, mm. and decided, you know what, if you can't even watch it back, see that I would never do that. You deserve a chair shot to the back, okay? Maybe next week they'll suggest something like, you should have just watched the tape, Ortiz. The fact that you couldn't respect me enough to watch the tape back, see that I had no intention of doing that. I didn't even want to clarify because it's a disgrace that you would suggest I would yeah. do this. Maybe it'll play out like that. I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't have a plan to do that, but now do. Yes. Because a lot of people are really upset by what's happening with Eddie Kingston right now. It's unfathomable. And uh, I, the two, I, so even if that plays out as it did, I still think it's piss poor. It still reflects terribly on Ortiz that he didn't watch it. Yeah. And that he's thick. The fact that they're being sort of, I just don't buy it. It doesn't wash with me, and it's bad when you've got the most believable character on your TV program, not named John Moxley, mm-hmm. falling for this sort of mental manipulation from the House of Black, which comes out of nowhere because what's happened to the elite foreshadowing? Jesus Christ, this is a scramble. It feels yeah. like I can't take any of it seriously. I, It's badly impacting Eddie Kingston's star power, profile, and credibility as a character for even maybe believing it or maybe being affected by these nerds in the House of Black who, my God, remember when they returned? That angle was sensational. What has happened here? I don't know. I don't like it. This is making me and many other fans think considerably less of Eddie Kingston than they did virtually since day one of his debut. He's still he's still salvageable because he's Eddie Kingston. Because he's Eddie Kingston. This is so beneath him. This is garbage creative. Absolutely terrible. I hate that he's being subjected to it. Um, I'll tell you another line that I hate as well because they've used it to such awesome effect before to the point now that it feels like their cheat code. 
what would Homicide think? When CM Punk first dropped, dropped that on TV and Eddie Kingston was incandescent with rage, that's the Eddie Kingston that I know. Yes. That's the Eddie Kingston that should be getting booked um, going forward after this mess. The idea that they're using it now is this sort of cheat code to get Eddie Kingston upset. Again, no credibility for me. <laughs> this is May 19th. I had a, yeah, I had a snarky <laughs> response when you said, quoting Ortiz in your recap, what would Homicide think of this man? I could only think, well, Homicide would think this is a terrible TV angle. <laughs> yes. Because he's like, he's not someone who likes the bollocks of television, no. the trappings of bad North American TV wrestling. When they asked me that question, that was the only thing that ran through my mind was he'd think this was terrible. He would think this is a terrible, terrible angle, a ridiculous waste of so many gifted performers in it, and they need, and I think they will, correct course on this imminently. It needs a new idea, it needs a make good, or it needs to be scrapped entirely. Even if this plays out in such a way where Eddie Kingston turns into an awesome heel, ridiculous, mm. um, I still think there's been so many missteps, and it's such a terrible, half-baked, unconvincing story that would have to be salvaged, where I would much rather it was just good to begin with. And I'll tell you what as well. The fact that various things all happened on this same show annoyed me as well because at the same time that I'm losing faith in the Eddie Kingston character and he's losing credibility and he's making stupid decisions under, like, no real duress. It's the House of Black, like, kind of who cares? So I'm losing faith at Eddie Kingston at the exact time I'm being asked to invest in Matt Hardy breaking away from the firm, don't care mm. and Action Andretti is getting main events, he's winning against Chris Jericho and the JAS and I'm thinking, Kingston should have been doing this in 2022 Yep and, uh, Spoiler alert, Action Andretti is not ready, so the idea is that I'm being asked to invest in Matt Hardy, who I never want to see do anything on AEW television again outside of the tag match that built to Stadium Stampede and Stadium Stampede, he's done nothing mm -hmm. to earn the amount of money he's on and the amount of TV time he's been getting. And the fact that I'm being asked to invest in Action Andretti, like, shows promise. I'm trying not to be fickle because the Jericho match was great, but on the evidence of this main event, he's not ready. And my God, how many more people am I going to get asked to invest in? Like, they've, got a, they've done a good job of the pillars other than Guevara after it really felt like they were going by the wayside. Wheeler Utah, I was asked to invest in him, and I was prepared to invest in him after that amazing Moxley match, my match of the year last year. He's nowhere to be seen. He's doing nout. Mm. Garcia's doing rubbish, and I'll get to what specifically is rubbish about it recently. So they are trying to build, 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 and it's like you haven't even allowed the people you've built to just be stars and do really yeah. cool stuff. And now Andretti, it's like, Jesus Christ, how many... Like, Tony Khan is too good at pushing people and having them rise up the ranks because when they get there, they all too often flounder. Um, so it's just the priorities here on this episode of Rampage were a complete mess. Not really a lot I can add to that, uh, other than the fact that, like you say, nothing... I think everyone involved in this, House of Black, Kingston, Ortiz have taken this weird, unnecessary detour, like you say, on a, a, the path that they were on, which seemed fine enough. Have you want Ortiz and Eddie Kingston to split and feud? Fine. I wouldn't I wouldn't make Eddie Kingston a heel. Like you say, he was being primed, it seemed, for a, a, at least a title shot. But then, 
Wow. Even if it's a nice emotional reunion with Santana, who's either made friends with Ortiz or has decided to do business alongside Ortiz. And again, we've never had official confirmation that they have fallen out. Mm -hmm. It's just been very yeah, yeah, yeah. apparent and honestly quite easy to believe um, industry whisper. So maybe it makes sense to do a trios match with these six. And that's what it's building to. But the storyline to get there, atrocious. This was so bad. Think of the ground this covers. It made WWE look good and some of their wrestlers look smarter than the likes of Ortiz and Eddie Kingston. Because Roman Reigns on this same SmackDown or same night turned to Sami Zayn when Sami was like, why are you being off, to me, off with me? And said, I watched a show last week. I saw your face. Yeah. Oh, yeah. First of all, Pop has worked for that. Hey, they finally worked out. That's what they should have been doing for the last 30 odd years. Yeah. But the, that. Uh, soul destroying this for me. In comparison. Yeah. S uh, Juxtaposed. Yeah. My God. What a 180. I just, I was incensed by this. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful too for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. What game next may have cheered you up somewhat? Darby Allen calling out... The healthy black, or specifically, uh, Buddy Murphy. Uh, they talked about sending the House of Black home the last time he faced them. Um, and now he's fought many of the members, but he wants to fight Buddy Murphy. He's putting his TNT championship on the line on Wednesday this week. 
Look, I'm not going to tell you if I think this is going to be very, very good or not. I will say that for Wednesday's preview, all going well. Um, but I'll tell you, it needs to be good. Mm. It needs to be good, this one. Uh, and then we got Brian Cage versus Willie Mack, two men who defied physics, I think it's fair to say, in this match, as we anticipated that they would on the preview. Um, I think this might be one of the first Willie Mack matches I've watched in its entirety. Oh, I've really seen so many clips of him, heard so much good stuff of him, uh, and it was even more enjoyable watching him, you know, properly for the first time, despite the fact that you put anyone in there with Brian Cage and they look small and not as strong. But like I say, they were both gravity-defying super heavyweights, it felt like this. Um, fun stuff all throughout. Willie Mack catches Cage with a Samoan drop, goes for a standing moonsault. I just keep rechecking my notes to make sure I've written the right notes down in this. Um, Cage comes back, hits him with a big boot, uh, send him into the corner, belly-to-belly -belly suplex, chops. They fight to the outside. Cage hit a urinagi on Mac on the apron uh, and then chucks him into the barricade and sent him headfirst into the steel ring steps uh, to take us to a break. We come back. Uh, Willie Mack fights back, catches Cage with a pump kick and a running knee, hits his sky high for a nice two count. But then Cage comes back, super kick, F5, uh, that gets a, a near fall, and he hit the knee strike, the power bomb, and then immediately picked him back up like he was nothing, and hit Willie Mack with the drill claw to get the pinfall. We knew he was going to win. Obviously, he's facing Brian Danielson uh, on Dynamite this week, but uh, nevertheless, a load of fun. It was. I think they mis misjudged this. Um, it was an inferior sequel to that sort of. YouTube sensation match, if you like. That really yeah. caught you by surprise, by the quality. I understand why they wanted to run it back. If they wanted to remind the TV audience ahead of the Danielson match that Cage can win and he can go, this made sense to run back on TV. But I think maybe they just caught lightning in a bottle. And when they've tried to recapture it, it just hasn't worked at all. Well, it didn't work to a degree. It was a fun match. There were various points where I popped at the ridiculous things they did, but at the same time, it went a bit long for the goal here. The goal was to reheat Cage. The goal was to re-establish Cage as a threat to Danielson, and I would not have done the Super Indy slash NXT cliche of hit you with the F5, do the shocked finisher face mm. when you kick out. I like Willie Mack. Overdue an opportunity like this, but it's not the time or the place. I just think, if you're going to do shock kick-out faces and have Willie Mack give him the fight of his life, it's already a massive ask. to Like, Danielson is Danielson. He will do something in that match as a guarantee that will make you think that, oh, he's not getting the title shot against F MGF then. Mm. The man is a wrestling genius. But wouldn't you rather have the fear ahead of time that, oh, my God, the match isn't happening. Look at Cage in this match. He's a destroyer. He's a killer. He's just so dominant. Mm. And this went 50-50. Like, Brian Cage, self-deprecating nickname is Mr. Gate Mike in. Mm. I wouldn't have done that before a match with <laughs> yeah. Danielson with yeah. the storyline purpose. Um, it just felt like the wrong match to do, even if in a vacuum it was very, very fun. But even in a vacuum... It still wasn't as good as the match they had on YouTube. So, again, just bad decisions. I will say this, yeah. 
maybe I'm just being kinder on it because of the show it was on. I was like, oh, there's a glimpse of light here yeah, in this yeah. dark, dark no, place. Elements of it were really fun. Um, we cut to commentary. Jim Ross puts over the Jacksonville Jaguars ahead of their football match over the weekend. And now it seems like probably Tony Carr, not so much of a big fan of Kansas anymore. Hey. Eh? Uh, because they lost to Kansas City. They're, now, they're, they're out now. They're out it's now, a dream yeah. over. Yeah. Uh, write that one myself. I thought I'd just uh, pop that in. Did you? Yeah, available for weddings, bar mitzvahs, anything like that. Oh, yeah. Uh, right, time match. Um, it was, this is a brief squash. Jay Coglin, Layla Gray versus the Vanity Sisters. I will say, this made me laugh out loud, this match. Not through any mistakes or botches or any of that bollocks, right? Um, Layla Gray dominated this match for the most part. Uh, I did also enjoy... <laughs> The finish where Jake Cargo went ah, 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 like that so to make sure Lily Gray didn't get the pinfall. I'm still going to hit him with Jaded, even though they're definitely finished off. My favorite part came from Layla Gray, where she was beating up either Jada or Jordan, one of the Vanity sisters, knocked him down and went, Number one, Betty. <laughs> I was thinking, Who's left? Yeah. You, I mean, you were automatically. That's not number two, Betty. <laughs> Uh, anyway, yeah, like I say, Jay Cargill beat, uh, beat him with the Jaded. What else is that to say other than the baddies stable has been a complete and utter disaster? It's tarnished Jade Cargill's star appeal, which used to exist. It barely does anymore. It would be quite cool if Red Velvet had been booked like a babyface and not someone who was just a bit miffed because he'd be begging for this to be over. But now I'm not. Because they, I haven't got a baby face or I want to see to throw on the champion. This is just crap. They may as well have said this was an obligatory match so that Jade could get to 49 because 50 is a nice round number and that's going to be the match that we do with the Red Velvet thing. And that's what this was. Yeah. But I later great number one, Betty. That was funny. Um, they announced the triple threat match for Dynamite between Storm Baker and Soho that we will, of course, preview on Wednesday. And uh, it's a good time to be Mark Henry. Doesn't even have to bother chatting to these bloody losers anymore. Is uh, he on the way out or something? I don't know. But yet again, he... Uh, this I don't know how he can downsize his role, which is already tiny. Unless they've just... But they've managed it, it would seem. Unless they've just decided, you know, we talked about that new bloke coming in. They've decided that this is the new way they're going to do it. Because there was a bit on this show, and I don't know where it's just because I've forgotten it or whatever... Early on on the show, they sort of did a menu for it, and I can't remember them ever really doing it to such a, like, visuals, but rather than just Excalibur going, oh, don't forget later, and we've got a little thing in the corner. It was, like, full screen. This is coming up, this is coming up, this is coming up. And now maybe they've said, actually, we don't want to do the back-and-forth split screen. We're just going to have Mark Henry voice something to lead into a video package and then hit the... Must be nice, though, eh? Oh, I'd love that. <laughs> Imagine we come in here, do one podcast. <laughs> I know we joked about this before. He does a lot more behind the scenes than people realise. But if we came in and I went, Sidge, what did you make of uh, Dynamite this week? And you went, good. And then we just wrapped for the week. Here's the thing, right? Bit of uh, inside baseball. If you've never seen me and wondered why, you know what? Sidgwick does video podcasts. Sidgwick on occasion co-hosts the news. Mm -hmm. 
why doesn't he do videos by himself? It's because I'm terrified. <laughs> it's because it's very daunting. It's because, and I don't think our staff get anywhere near enough credit for this, presenting is an actual skill. It <laughs> really is. It's a skill I do not have because you have to organize your thoughts, remember your thoughts, articulate your thoughts, be engaging at the same time, look into a camera which is the physical man manifestation of the comment section, <laughs> telling you <laughs> telling you you're a <laughs> the entire time yeah. as you're trying to do the job. I need someone to collect my thoughts, direct my thoughts, keep me from talking for five minutes on end because it's very, very difficult, okay? That being said, if I had the amount of things that Mark Henry had to say, I'll be talking in front of a camera every single Friday. Uh, and this was a setup, obviously, for Daniel Garcia versus Action. There's a camera there. Do we just have the setup in case we're doing a video yeah. podcast? Darby Allen, you've been attacked backstage <laughs> by the House of Black. Are you going to get your vengeance tonight? Darby Allen says something. The House of Black says something. They're pretty much ready to fight. Well... Looks like there's been enough talk. <laughs> it's time for the main event. He said that right Did down I... the lens. It was perfect. Exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, Daniel Garcia versus Action Andretti. Of course, if Garcia wins, he becomes Chris Jericho's partner for the tag match because not every permutation of Ricky Starks and Andre Action Andretti against the JS has been gone through yet. So... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Sammy Guevara comes out with uh, Garcia, hugs him awkwardly. He's got these new leather trousers that were uh, annoying him quite clearly during this match. Um, Garcia immediately... Oh, and Guevara goes on commentary. I did like the sort of sycophantic nature that uh, Guevara and Jericho got together on commentary of just like, Sammy Guevara, I, I'll give him his due. Him being like, hey, you know what? When Garcia wins this match, I'll be happy to drop out of that tag match. And by the way, can I say, Chris, what a great name for that tag team that you've come up with. Like, get your tongue out of his arse. Yeah. But, of course, don't, because it's actually a really good little storyline I think they've got here. Anyway, uh, they've got to get to all the fucking JS versus this lot of things. <laughs> so, Garcia attacks Andre before the bell, beats him down. Chris Jericho loves this. Andre fires back up. It's a tornado off the bottom rope. That gets a near fall. Uh, it's a tope on Garcia. Garcia comes back. The show goes to a break. When we come back, uh, Andretti even hits that backbreaker-neckbreaker combination. And Garcia drops to the floor furious and uh, gets hit with a slingshot moonsault this time. We get back in. Andretti hits a split-legged moonsault for a near fall. Um, but as he comes off the ropes, Garcia catches him with a rear naked choke. Andretti counters that uh, with a cradle. And hits a neck breaker out of an angle slam to get him another two count. Andretti comes off the ropes with a springboard. This is the best bit for me. And Garcia just nails him with a right hand. And uh, he's getting pissed off. And he's gesticulating up to, to Jericho and Guevara, who are encouraging him whilst on commentary. He goes for the sharpshooter. Uh, no, I think he, well, he was either going for the sharpshooter or more than likely the lion tamer, in fact. Uh, Andretti counters with a cradle. He comes off the top with a spinning corkscrew dive, running shoot star press, one, two, three, action Andretti, shocks the JAS once again, Sige. There wasn't much to this match. Um, it was built around the idea, obviously, that bloody Daniel Garcia and his stupid leather pants are a hindrance. It's hard to wrestle in them. 
a nice visual metaphor mm. for the idea that he's actually a wrestler and not a sports entertainer. And when he tries to dress up as a sports entertainer, it prevents him from wrestling. Jesus Christ, I get it. <laughs> so it's based around the idea that he couldn't really wrestle because of the sport, literal sports entertainment trappings in this case, which allowed Action Andretti to do all of his cool spots and eventually get the win. Those cool spots, Action Andretti was about a foot away. There was big, there was three key ones. That was a, uh, a springboard dive of some sort to the outside. There was one from the top rope. There were three spots where I was like, you are a foot away from connecting here. And because... Garcia has to sell because that's the structure of the match. He's sort of bumping for now. Mm. Bumping for a gust of wind. Bumping for a bit of breeze. And I'm just thinking, oh, this is so fake. And Action Andretti is blowing things left and right. And, you know, he's just off. And as a result, this match, I'm watching it and I can't take it seriously. Yeah. And the idea is Action Andretti, he's got their number. Not really. He's blown things, and it's not convincing me. And the matches didn't really fall apart, but the key moments were missed. Mm. And as a result, the idea of Action Andretti, this really cool guy that everyone is overlooking, my God, what a 15 minutes of fame into a fall of grace this has been because he didn't look good here. He looked like he did not belong in the main event. He looked like there are... So many people above him in AEW who aren't getting a push, who are further ahead than he is, not getting it. And honestly, his patter was so vile during that Invisible Wall segment a fortnight ago that I can't really get on board with this act. And it's going to take another miracle of a week, like he had against Jericho, to get me on board. Because at the minute, he's just this guy who isn't ready. His mic game is a bit uncomfortable for me to listen to. Um, if anything, he's just dragging down Ricky Starks, and Ricky yeah. Starks has got himself in this. Well, he hasn't. He's been booked into this, and I'm thinking, Jesus Christ, that's a, he'd been better off if he'd been cooled off for six weeks, mm -hmm. as is sometimes tradition, unfortunately, in AEW, because this is doing nothing for him. In fact, it's doing less than nothing for him. It's actively detracting from what people liked about Ricky Starks. You know, he got that promo about speech impediments as well. He's not blameless in all of this. I think everyone involved in this, with the exception of Guevara, up until one commentary call where he gave away the story, has it's just beneath them all. And look, I'm going to be fair and consistent here. I bury Shawn Michaels frequently on this podcast in that when he was producing NXT Black and Gold, you still see his fingerprints in the shock kickout faces and the, looking at the hands and all the rest of it. Shawn Michaels is an egomaniac in the production chair where he imposes his style, his vision for pro wrestling, which is heavily melodramatic on everyone and everything because that's how he got his big critically acclaimed renaissance between 2002 and 2009. And he thinks that is the way. And it just feels like uh, not friends line with a megalomaniac director. Hello, my talking props. <laughs> that's how I imagine Shawn Michaels talks to everyone in NXT. This is what I do. This is what I did. WrestleMania 25. Seen this? You heard about this? <laughs> One of the best matches of all time. Do that in all of your matches, and it just feels like these people have no agency yeah. in NXT. It just feels like they are desperately trying to impress Sean with their 40-minute melodrama masterpieces. I use that word very, very loosely and ironically. 
Chris Jericho is the same for a very different reason. Everyone in his purview has to do wacky comedy mm. and everyone has to do the... Um, and it's not just do entertaining comedy. That's how I got over. And, you know, as a veteran who's taken you under my wing, that's how you'll get over too. It's show business. It's the same increasingly annoying brand of comedy that he's getting everyone to do. Anna J.A.S., the hot-tempered, I'll choke you out, I'll choke you out. Very, very Jericho. Guevara's sense of delusion, very, very Chris Jericho. It just feels like these people no longer have any agency. They are not doing things that flatter them. It's all trying to get Jericho to pop, or it's all Jericho popping himself by getting everyone under his wing to do Jericho comedy. Mm. And I just, I understand what they did with Garcia. Bluntly, they said, or I believe them to have thought, Garcia is an absolute incredible technical prodigy, but he's a bit bland, and he needs to get uh, a nice sort of, that's uh, what I'm looking for, like a speed run mm. into being a sports entertainer. And the contrast of, he's not really comfortable, he's not very good at it, but one day he'll be a wrestler. That was a decent idea. I don't think the execution's been good at all. I just, I'm sick of seeing all of this. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to be a complete hypocrite here because I guarantee that people will be able He's to He's got find... comic timing, but they're just chasing memes. Yeah. They're just chasing empty pops with Jericho's specific brand of comedy. It just feels like I've never thought he's this big egotist that everybody else does, but I'm really starting to come around on that. That meme of the Grim Reaper going through those doors and there's like a trail of blood between them. Like, I didn't really put much stock in it initially, but like... On this show, as a microcosm, Eddie Kingston has never been the same since the Jericho stuff. Yeah. Uh, and then, like you say, you've got Action Andre, who I do feel a bit sorry for, because I felt like when it happened, you know, lightning in a bottle, like you say, oh, my God, Chris Jericho's been beaten by that rookie. And then you go, well, you can't just, you can't just disappear. But it, and you can all, everyone can be, you know, bookers after the fact. I felt like if you'd had him win, him be not gloating, but be in and around the next week. You do the fireball angle, and you don't see him for six months. And when he comes back, people are like, that's the guy you... Yeah. You don't have to hype it up as a big return, but let him, like you say, just do his work. Because I feel a bit sorry for him that people are like, there you go, go on, main event rampage then. With yeah. Daniel Garcia. And then the Garcia stuff, like no, you I say. Agree with Ricky, that. Ricky Starks as well, like, the point but for why me... Why hanging out with Andretti? The point for me would have been Chris Jericho... Loses to Ricky Starks, loses to Action Andretti, spirals, you said this, spirals, grabs onto a branch, that branch is Sammy Guevara, let's sex gods, let's do tag team stuff. Yeah. Because I kind of suck at the moment, but you're young and great and what have you, and I've got all these twats behind me, and perfect uh, counterpoint for the acclaimed for someone like that, for example. And... Uh, you know, it just feels like you say the Ricky Starks thing. Yeah, I feel sorry for Ricky Starks next week because we're going to be sat, well, this week, I should say, we're going to be sat here previewing this, going, the Sex Gods are a great tag team. And then you got, and you got Ricky Starks and Action Andretti. Like, no offense to, to them, of course, but. No, uh, yeah, I don't want to go in two footed on Andretti. As he said, like, a TV main event when you're not being guided by. Someone who in Jericho remains a master at this. Yeah. You only need to rewatch that match as proof. Um, again, it's just overcomplicated. Let's get loads of people involved in one storyline so that we can 
preserve the big match at the end of it and go through all these different iterations of it. And ultimately, yes, you've bought several months of TV time, okay? You've got an angle for a pay-per-view rematch between Starks and Jericho. That's all well and good. It's all, um, you know, decent, I guess, in theory, use of resource. You've got, you've just lined yourself up eight matches at a minimum or whatever. That's good. Episodic TV booking ostensibly. The idea of Starks and Andretti hanging around just makes Ricky Starks feel infinitely less cool. Mm. And, you know, Andretti's got this, and it's not necessarily a measure of his talent. He's obviously got something. Mm -hmm. He had a match that got raves on Dark before the Jericho one. He's obviously got something, even if this is too soon. But the character is this sort of lucky geek. Yeah. He was a bit bland, a bit enthusiastic. This is from a character perspective, so it's nothing to do with this talent. From a character perspective, it's Tony Khan who's had the mayor here because by putting Andretti and Starks together, you look like Starks has got like a little loser mate. <laughs> yeah. And he used to be the coolest guy on the roster, and now he does not feel like that at all. Um, some disaster-adjacent booking on this rampage for me. Yeah. Well, let us know your thoughts on AW Rampage on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Uh, watch there. You can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at M. Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE, as I said. Make sure you subscribe to WhatCulture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts. Uh, me and Sid will be back with Hamlet on Wednesday to preview AEW Dynamite. You can check, down, check out our SmackDown review right now. And me, Sid, and Hamlet will be back here later on today to preview Raw is Triple X. Uh, but for now, this has been the Rampage Review. My thanks to Michael Sidgwick. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.